All right, what's up, guys? Uh, so um, I had put on social media a week ago that I would be releasing my second episode of the Manifest Iron. Uh, I had a lot of a lot of people um, asking when the next one would come out and and you know do more of these and stuff like that. And so I wanted to wait for kind of a good uh, a good time, a good topic, a good. I wanted it to be organic as possible. Uh, and I think with everything going on um, right now with the coronavirus um, and just how it's affecting us as a society, as a community, as a gym um, here at East Race Muscle, uh, I thought this would be the good time. So um, once again, I have my my uh, best friend and brother Nathan with me. So we always seem to have the best conversation together. What's up, buddy? What's up? Glad to be here, man. So um, we talked about this a little bit, um, just kind of to kick it off, I, I wanted to explain um, this, the city uh, of South Bend, the city that we've called home here uh, at East Race Muscle for the last four years, decided to issue a um, travel mandate, uh, was that yesterday? Yeah, yeah yesterday. Yesterday. Um, at 2 o'clock p.m., um, which essentially bans all non-essential travel, which obviously going to the gym would be included in that. Um, maybe not for you and me, but for the general public. <laughs> this is work, man. <laughs> exactly. So um, that being said, I decided to reach out to my lawyer and uh, ask exactly what that meant for us, um, because technically we are a private entity. Um, we, don't, we don't turn people away, um, but our doors are never unlocked. Um, we're locked 24-7. Um, and what I was told was that this is the beginning of uh, probably uh, the, the worst is yet to come, uh, essentially. And so uh, the travel mandate is issued is uh, them saying, you know, that we're asking you to not do this, not we're forcing you to not do this. Um, but what I was told was eventually it'll become uh, lawful. Mm. Um, so the best way to protect our members protect the gym um, was to uh, close our doors. So I, I made that decision. It was a tough decision. Uh, that's it's something that I've never done in the four years that I've had this place. Um, and, you know, we've gone through the ringer in, in these four years. We've gone through a lot of different things, a lot of different growing pains. Uh, what we're experiencing right now uh, it, I, is unprecedented. Um, I thought about this the other day. You're quite a bit younger than me, but I was in high school during 9-11, and uh, I, I think the fallout uh, will be and is worse than that right now, which is kind of insane because it's something that a lot of us don't even really know about. Like, we don't know a lot about this virus or this uh, pandemic. Uh, it's most of everything that's happening is, is, is the, the, like the fallout of it is the is the backlash and the scare tactics and all those things. That's, that's what we're experiencing. Um, I don't even personally know anybody that's even been positive with the virus. I don't know if you do, but yeah. I, I don't even know of anyone. Um, so uh, everything that we're experiencing right now is self-inflicted. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a crazy situation. I mean, I think I was in, like, kindergarten when 9-11 happened, so that gives everybody a sense <laughs> of my age. Um, and, like, I, you know, I think everybody, if you're old enough to have, you know, coherent memories, remembers kind of where, where they were and what they were doing at that point in time. But, but yeah, it's, it's been crazy how everything has escalated in just a short amount of time. And for me, it's just constantly reminding myself that you know there may be a lot of things that are outside of my control such as you know what our governments choose to to mandate and what the city chooses to mandate and things you know things of that nature obviously non-essential travel and basically being quarantined in our homes like it's it's a kind of eerie situation when you when you stop to think about it uh you know and there's a lot of Obviously, with anything like this, there's a lot of conspiracy and like just the whole apocalyptic talk and stuff like that. But you know, in the end, it makes it makes sense when you have something of this nature. Like obviously, we're trying to look out 
for one another and stop the spread of something that could potentially, you know, be life threatening for specific people, which again makes makes sense. Although, you know, when you look in our history and other dilemmas that we faced and different viruses and diseases and stuff, like this has definitely been the one that's kind of hit the hit the hardest and have we have had such a huge impact and whether you know you might think that's due to just kind of scare tactics or even if you think that there's hidden agendas behind all these things like again there's always conspiracies about these things but you know we're we're here and we're in this reality now kind of having to face the repercussions of this thing yeah and i i don't know if enough people have thought about um that part right there the repercussions like just um Myself, I always think of these things um, like long term and watching my kids do e-learning and um, kind of, I mean, there's a there's a couple hiccups here and there, but watching the flawlessness of it in the school systems um, pretty easily uh, cancel the rest of the school year um, and continue their education through this e-learning and doing it at home and stuff. Um, I think we should be really, really afraid of um, the backlash of this entire thing affecting things like that, like the brick-and-mortar schools and teachers uh, and uh, classrooms and a society of, of which we can, um, you know, socialize in our kids. I mean, there are kids that are homeschooled and stuff like that, too, that, are, you know, they turn out great and everything, but the social aspect of our, our kids going from kindergarten, uh, you know, through senior year of high school and seeing that it's not really as necessary um, because the same, the same thing can get done at home um, through e-learning and technology and stuff like that and not being in front of human beings, um, which I, I don't know if anybody else has is, is thought about that or, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, the, I guess that part of, you know, what's happening right now, but my kids are moving through their school year fine right now. I mean, it's only been a week, but they're completing the tasks um, and they're moving along and they easily just prolonged closing out school for another month. Um, what's to say that, you know, the government doesn't gather at the end of this entire thing and says, well, maybe we can sustain this or maybe we should take the steps to sustaining this. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and then watching like all the things on social media with other countries and how they've come uh, come together and you see these like in Italy people sitting out on um, you know the balconies playing guitars and singing and everybody's you know more joyful and coming together as a society and even the ecological side of it I, I was watching videos of the canals in Italy have like almost no pollution in them right now and there is wildlife coming back into the canals that have haven't been there in 60 years I guess they're seeing dolphins come in and swans and things that have literally not been spotted for 60 years. Wow. So it's almost, there's like this total reset and where we come back from that, I mean, however long this takes, it could be the end of April, it could be May, it could go through the summertime. We have no idea, but the, how we come out of this and, and what happens, what happens next, um, how we are able to recover and how it changes us. Um, do we, you know, do we take each other uh, for granted as much as we did before, being able to do things like go to the gym together and, and go to parks and, and zoos and, and stuff like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I think, you know, with, with every situation like this and, and really every challenge that you might come across in life, like there's always a positive that comes out of it. So, you know, with a situation like this, like, you know, learning that, hey, maybe we don't need to have kids tied up at school for eight hours a day. Like maybe it can be more integrative. And um, and that also kind of shows you the things that they're learning. Like if you can put a whole school curriculum behind a computer screen, you know, it's like that gives you a hint of the things that they're actually learning. And maybe, you know, maybe that does call for an adjustment to what kids are exposed to and moving even more into, um, you know, things like they do in like Montes, uh, what is it? The Montessori yeah, schools Montessori and Academy, like, yeah. um, uh, what are the other ones called? 
a, a Waldorf Waldorf school systems where it's you know more um, integrated and less you know textbook and memorize this and regurgitate that and things like that. But even on a larger scale, like you were saying about the the wildlife and the people actually coming together through a situation like this, I think that's what we can start to take away from this. It's like, you know, anytime we're stripped away from things that we take for granted, like freaking driving, getting in our car and driving, driving to the gym or driving wherever we want to go and being outside starts to give us that perspective of all of the privileges that we do have and all of the things that make us human because you know we could be sitting at home with all of our tv screens and our tablets and our computers like usually all of these things that we work so hard to make money to buy because we feel like we need them and it's like all right now we're stuck here with all of these things that we accumulated and we still desire to go outside be in nature interact with other people like all of the the basics it's it, that's that's exactly what I I mean that's that's the best way to say it the watching and and watching these videos and reading the captions on all of this stuff and how amazed people are to see these things that should be happening already um, the fact that you see a dolphin in a place where dolphins are supposed to be but you haven't seen one in sixty years we did that like we we did that and now we're amazed by that you know what I mean yeah. that's what I meant by reset like this is a reset button for us. Um, you know, obviously, there's still a virus. There's still some sort of catalyst to this whole pandemic that we haven't figured out yet. I mean, um, you see, we've had one confirmed case in our entire county, uh, and then now that tests are out, we have six within a day. So that issues more scare tactics. That issues more panic with people. Now, now people are getting more afraid. Um, I, I see the National Guard being deployed in a couple states and stuff like that to, to keep looting from happening and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, so we still have a problem, but I just can't seem to break away from like what we're getting out of this, like the, the, the socio like, uh, side of it in the, the reset button and seeing these things that um, from a whole different scale, a whole different perspective, um, that's giving us a chance to appreciate things more, appreciate life more. Um, you know, it's not an epidemic of people just dying, you know, left and right. Uh, you know, thankfully, um, it, it could be far worse, but we need to take advantage of the, the concept of um, like a forced reset and being able to take a step back and realize that we're way too busy. Yeah. As a society, we are way too busy. In, in, in our lives separately, we're way too busy. We don't pay attention to our families enough, our friends enough, the people that build us up and the things in nature and um, the littlest things of being able to go to a park or go to a zoo and, you know, just the, the things that we've taken for granted. Yeah. You know, now that we're trapped, like you said, with all these things that we've, um, you know, lustfully accumulated in our lives because we wanted an iPad or we wanted the newest MacBook or the, the nicest iPhone or whatever, and now we don't want those things right now because it's the only thing that we have. Now we want that life back that we've taken for granted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, I think, kind of an overarching theme is with what we're saying is just the whole principle of, you know, as above, so below, which, I mean, you can take that in a lot of different contexts, but basically... The, the things that we have been doing to ourselves as far as, you know, just most of us just working ourselves relentlessly for for money. I mean, basically, you know, prostituting ourselves to make money to, to buy things that we think we need, whether it's just for self-gratification or if we see people on Instagram have these things or whatever, whatever it might be. But, you know, the same things that we're doing for ourselves of just basically, you know, not taking care of our bodies and, you know, putting toxins into our bodies and polluting our, our minds with, you know, mindless television and mindless information is the same thing that we do to the earth, like, you know, polluting the soils. And somehow I always end up on freaking talking about soil, but, <laughs> but you know, polluting, to polluting our environment, the thing that sustains us. But now that we're kind of in this situation, like you said, like wildlife starting to return pollution starting to decrease in certain areas um, and kind of like the, the detox that we're having to have for 
ourselves through this situation is also allowing a detox to happen in our environment. Now, whether or not we make it through this and then are able to sustain that is a totally different story. But I think in the end, you know, humans as, as, a, as a species, just like any other species, we, we want to survive and we want to, you know, continue to um, pass on our genes and continue the evolution of our species. Um, but the, the kind of the, the blessing and the curse of the human is the, you know, is the ego and the consciousness, which allows us to make that decision that having an iPad or the, you know, the latest piece of technology is more important than detoxing yourself and just being out in nature and, you know, enjoying the company of close friends and ultimately, you know, destroying the environment to produce that, that those commodities and those, you know, quick fixes that we, that we crave for. Um, so yeah, I think the, the whole, that whole idea of now that we're able to take a step back within ourselves, even though it's, you know, it's for a good reason, we're kind of forcefully put in this situation, but sometimes that's what it takes for us to finally realize that, you know, hey, maybe we haven't been approaching things the best way possible. Like maybe there is a, another way, just like you said with the, with the schools, like, you know, people are doing just fine you know, being at home in the company of family, but still getting tasks done. And the, re the responsibility reverts too. So now it's not, I mean, we, if, if this progresses to doing it this way, the, the, you know, the, the way that we're doing it now with the e-learning and they decide that that's the way to go, you're going to see a huge shift in um, the, I guess, the social grade of, of, of education because there's responsibility now is on the parent um, to make sure that their kids are doing the things that they're supposed to be doing to become educated, right? And so now it's not a group of teachers or a school or a building or a principal or an administrator. Those things are still intact, but they're not present face-to-face. -face. And so if you're not doing the thing, if your kids are waking up Monday through Friday and just going out and uh, wasting time and, and doing shit they're not supposed to and not continuing their, you know, do like continue their work in education and stuff and move on through the education class and the system of kindergarten through 12th grade, they're going to fall behind on their own. And it's going to be nobody else's fault but theirs, their, yeah. the family, their parents, their, whoever their guardians are. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So now you're, not, you're focused on a graduation class of one instead of a graduation class of 95 or 120 or 550 or something like that. And I think that we see a huge... Um, I guess social shift in the workplace, the like how career paths are taken, um, college. Uh, you know, there's now everything is in individualized instead of you places. I'm the head of my class, or I finished 13th in my class. Not anymore. You are one of one, and now your path is determined by how hard you work and the people around you have pushed you. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. And yeah. I, I think that I think that drastically changes how society. Um, progresses then uh the way jobs are picked you know who's who's working at a gas station and who's the next you know brain surgeon and, and and stuff like that it's it's i think each part of that becomes more of a commodity and i think it becomes more specialized i i don't know i just to me it seems like then those positions are more valuable yeah yeah and you i mean you you have kids so you're able to kind of witness these changes firsthand like obviously I don't I don't have kids so I don't I don't see that on a daily basis but you know just from what you're saying and just from what I've witnessed kind of observing from afar like again you know you can get into a whole debate about what is actually being taught in school and whether that's you know really relevant to a you know a worthwhile pursuit outside of just progressing through the system that we've created but but again even behind that putting the responsibility on the kids and on the parents so now it's like you know if if you want to put yourself in this position you know as a as a kid or you know a parent seeing watching and overseeing what your kids are doing uh then it, you know the responsibility falls back on the individual and, and so whether 
you do work at a gas station or decide to be a brain surgeon, again, it's not to say that there's anything necessarily wrong with either one of those options. Not at all. But again, it's it's your choice. Like if if that's the path you want to pursue, you're completely in charge of making the decisions and taking the steps to and, get there. And I think, and I, I use those two examples, but I said I think that every one of those positions become more valuable. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're having somebody that does nothing throughout the course of their life because their family didn't help them and they had no will or no drive to do anything either, they're going to have a hard time even working at a gas station. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So every position becomes more valuable. I, I think there's it, it, could, it could flow the opposite way too, and then you see an uptick in homelessness and, uh, you know, you see an uptick in... in um, just the, the, the negative side of that as well. And, and uh, we try so hard to group everybody into one category, the no child left behind and all that. And a lot of times I, f I feel like a lot of kids suffer more because of that. Uh, I just, it's, 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 a weird, it's a weird balance, but it's just like anything else in life. You know what I mean? It's, it's just interesting to see how this all plays out. And I think that what we're dealing with right now is going to affect us more than I think we're allowing ourselves to really consider. Um, and there's really no end in sight either uh, right now. I mean, we're taking it week by week, um, but the more they take away, meaning the government and, you know, this and that, the more we have to adapt. And we do adapt. Like you said, as humans, we survive. We've been surviving on nothing at the, from the beginning of time to now with everything. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, the things I see in social media and the way um, the way we interact with each other as Americans, I'm not saying humans, I'm talking about in the United States of America, as we do a good job of bringing negativity onto one another based on how we perceive things happening. Mm -hmm. um, I got a lot of backlash for keeping the gym open when other fitness facilities were closing anyways and closing it to the public but allowing our members to come, saying I wasn't taking this serious enough. Yeah. Um, but like it's to, I can ex I can I can sit here and explain my side of why I decided to do that till I'm blue in the face. But it, there's going to be a handful of people that are always going to pick that apart and tell me that I was wrong, right? Yeah. And so we do a good job of we do a good job of that as Americans. We do a good job of trying to bring each other down in in moments of disarray uh, when we have things like this happen. Um, I think we're one of the worst countries in the world to, to, to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that we're still um, deploying military to keep from looting happening when there's really no reason for us to be looting right now. Uh, I mean, we're, we're sitting well as a country, and if you're going out and doing these things, that means that you're selfishly barging more for yourself than you already need in the first place, right? Yep. Um, but that's what we do. We do, that's, that's what we do as a society. For some reason, we're just a selfish, selfish society because we've been spoiled. Yeah. Well, that's the, the difference between like America where our culture is very individualistic, where it's, you know, we always think about ourselves first and that's kind of like, you know, you can relate it to, to capitalism or, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it, but in essence, like we are indoctrinated into this system of, you know, I have to look after me and I have to take care of, you know, I got to get mine type of mentality, which again, isn't necessarily a bad thing, but if people don't take it to the next level where they realize that, okay, if I'm doing good for myself and that puts me in a position to help other people, a lot of people aren't ready or aren't willing or haven't gotten themselves to be able to make to, to take that next step. Because there's not necessarily, you know, a bad thing about having an individualistic mindset if you can grow beyond that and realize that what you do to yourself is ultimately what you're doing to another and what you can do for yourself is ultimately what you can do for another but again you have to you have to be able to take that leap and so I think a lot of the negativity that we face kind of results from people not able or willing or whatever you want to call it they're not taking that next step 
in their conscious development. Like in, in the, you know, I've talked about this before, but in the, the system that I've learned, like for my mentors and kind of what I teach is, you know, you have a, there's a I and a we and a all. So the I is kind of the, the first level where you have to do the things that are going to be beneficial to you. Like, you know, you have to get sleep. If you don't get sleep, you're not going to function well. You're not going to recover well. Uh, and again, that, that can turn into the we. If you're not sleeping well, if you're not taking care of yourself, then that's going to affect your relationships that you have with people. And again, you can even trace this back to people if they were to take better care of themselves. And, you know, again, get the sleep they need, eat the, the quality of food that they need and the, the proportions of food that they need to sustain themselves, um, you know, do better with mental, emotional management and, you know, all the things that you can kind of cap under the, the self-care uh, label, then that puts people in a better position to have better relationships in the first place. Because if you think about it, you know, when you're running off of four hours of sleep and you've been eating, you know, McDonald's for the past five days and, like, you don't feel good, you're not in a place to, you know, be loving and joyous and give that love to other people. Is the, the more that you don't take the steps to take care of themselves, the more you retreat into yourselves, the more your energy falls back into yourself because you, the more you're moving closer to a survival state at that point. And when you're in a survival state, you know, when you're trying to run from, if you're getting chased by a lion, like you're not going to stop and help somebody, you know, help a homeless person on the side of the street. Like you're worried about survival. So if we're always, again, if we're always stuck in that state, and I think that's where the whole, the, the fear mentality behind this perpetuates that cycle because when we are in a fear state whether you know from the the media or through our own experiences or again just not taking care of ourselves and so we're worried that we're susceptible to the virus um again that's going to impact your level to move beyond the i into the we which we is kind of um defined as you and another and then the all is obviously once there becomes a third person involved, then that's defined as the all. So again, being able to move through those levels of consciousness has to start at the first level. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> no, it does. Um, uh, there was one point, before I forget, I wanted to add that might be helpful to, to parents kind of through this time. Um, so, and again, it kind of, pinpoints a lot of the issues that we currently have in the schooling, in our current schooling system, is so much of the learning that we do and how the system is set up is based on the kind of mathematical, logical way of learning. And so, you know, you've got four primary methods of learning. So you've got the mathematical, logical, which is primarily what you get in school, where it's like, you know, read this, remember this, and then we'll, we're going to regurgitate it on a test later. Um, and then you've got auditory, which is, you know, learning through hearing. You've got visual learning by watching. And then one of the most neglected but is still important is kinesthetic learning. And so, which has to do, like, you know, if being able to physically manipulate somebody, like physically um have somebody do motions and like work with their hands and things of that nature. Um, so when you're when you're kind of watching your kids go through this process, a, a lot of kids have trouble in school, not necessarily because they're they're lazy or they're not willing to to do the work, but simply because that their style of learning isn't matched to the style that is being used. And so with mathematical learning, statistically about 8% of kids are actually suitable to that style of learning. But there's like 80 to 90% of what we're taught in school is through that system or through that method of learning. So, you know, if you see your kids struggling through certain uh, concepts or certain tasks or whatever they have through this e-learning approach, like now you're, you can see that firsthand and you're in a position to say like, 
okay, well, maybe reading this isn't your learning style. And then you can, a lot of kids are, you know, they're, they're intuitive to enough to know that if you just ask them, like, would you learn better if you listened to this? Or would you learn better if you watched a video about this? Or would you learn better if you, like, did some kind of project with your hands to learn about this? And that but, way you can kind of... And that's not sustainable in a classroom of 20 to 25 yeah. children. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree. Like, it's, it's just, it goes back to that, it goes back to that point. So what do we do then, like, from here? So, like, that's, I guess, <clears throat> like, this is... I mean, not everybody's going to react the same way, but I'm sure you've thought of it. Um, our life doesn't change because me and you get here early in the morning. Um, you know, we do our best to build this, This, I guess I'm just going to call it a thing, this thing that me and you are trying to build together. We've been yeah. trying to build for four years. That's what we do. When I, I don't, this quarantine doesn't affect me like it does anybody else because then I go here to my home. Mm-hmm. And then I I stay at my home. I have no reason to go anywhere else. I I'm not missing out on going out to the bars and stuff like that because I wasn't doing that before. Yeah. Um, I'm not going you know to spend money frivolously at the mall uh, because I wasn't doing that before. Um, you know, to be quite honest with me or with you, I, because of this whole thing, I've actually been more diligent about like grocery shopping Mm -hmm. and um, meal prepping and making sure that all of those things um, were sustainable during this time, which is something that I probably didn't do as well before. Um, So the lifestyle changes for me are more of a positive. As a business owner, um, I've lost probably $1,800 in the last four, Mm -hmm. four or five days just in memberships. Now, most of these memberships are people that I don't know that well. Um, You know, we have regulars or people that come in a lot. Um, I've had a couple members that have actually paid me their entire rest of the year to try to help like offset and they didn't have to do that and ask them to do that. They did that on their own. So there are good, there are good things too, not just all negative things, but there's nothing I can do to recoup that cost right now. Um, I can't advertise obviously a membership, you know, uh, special or anything like that. So maintaining my business is not a real um concept right now for me so what am i going to do during this time um my my kids are fed um my my income is far less but i also um i don't live a lifestyle that i need to make that that same amount of money um and then the business is not attainable at this at this moment i can't grow the business um, so what do I do? For, the weather is terrible. <laughs> like, that's the other thing. I heard somebody say this the other day, like, why is the weather reflective of the mood? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's almost the end of March. I, you know, we're doing this e-learning thing and stuff, but then after you're all done, your kids still are stuck in the house, cabin fever, you know? They yeah. can't go outside and run around, and, like, in the summertime. So, like, where where do we go from here? Um, like, what what do we do as a society to soldier on? Yeah, it's it's a tough situation, and obviously, there's a lot of industries where people are completely out of work, especially you know in the in the service industry, um, and so there's a lot of people like it's might be a little easier for us to to sit here and talk about these things because we're not you know we still have something yeah. to you know even if it's less than what we're used to there's still something to be able to put food on the table and provide uh whereas some people are completely out of that so again it's a it's a tough situation but i, I think it is helpful and this is something you know i was thinking about this yesterday it's it's helpful that we know that everybody is in this in like in the same boat like it's it's not something that we as individuals necessarily did wrong it's just kind of it's this current situation again it's something that primarily is out of our control that is happening so again the answer lies in looking into okay what is in my control like obviously we we have control of our thoughts of how we perceive this situation which again is the first step because as we alluded to if those thoughts are constant fear and those are going to dictate our actions and our reactions towards this situation. So that's, that's always the first place to look at because, you know, the thoughts are completely 
within our control. Although a lot of people have a hard time with that because we're constantly flooded with external information and a lot of our thoughts are influenced by that external information. But even still, we have the capacity to change those thoughts. And a lot of it too is starting with the looking at the positives, okay? So, okay, you know, maybe we're not in the same financial situation. Maybe we are losing money, but like we've talked about, there's positive things going on. We're able to spend more time with our families. We're able to finally slow down and take a step back from the rat race, which to me, I think is, is one of the, the best things that is kind of able to come out of this because when we, we spend so much of our time and our lives, you know, chasing and chasing and, you know, trying to achieve this goal or even just trying to, to stay above water, that we never really take the time to take a step back and have that, that introspection and reflection and think about, you know, what, what is it do I really want? Like, do I, do I really want that service job that I lost? Uh, do I really want to go back? to that, even though, yes, that was a paycheck. So again, taking that time and, and just being real with yourself and figuring out, okay, you know, we're all in the same boat, but if we're able to make it out of this thing, like what's the next step? Do I just go back to doing the same thing? Or maybe this time I have is time that I can start working on those ideas that I've had, but I've never gotten a chance to get around to, you know, that, that business idea or, or, you know, maybe I've always wanted to uh, create some kind of artwork, but I've never given myself the time and the space to do that. And that's where I think uh, like a, the good can come out of this if we perceive it that way. Again, you know, there's not much to do at this point about the fact that a lot of people have lost their jobs and, you know, really just the currency in itself has just kind of stopped Mm -hmm. flowing like that there's just been a big dam put up in the river of money has stopped flowing in in all directions um but again you know i can't tell people how to live their lives but just starting with what you have control of and then moving forward from that place and and i everything you said uh was spot on i mean it's it's what i've it's what I've tried to manifest in this whole thing as well, taking advantage of the extra time I have with my family, um, taking the extra time to, to really slow down and, and look at the gym and look at what we've done and accomplished and where we're going from here, um, picking up the guitar Mm-hmm. again, you know, picking that up and, and playing a little bit more often and getting better at that because it's something, reading is something that I've, uh, especially since leaving my last job, I, I read quite a bit more for some reason then, and I was far less busy, which is strange to say. I'm busier now than I was then, but just reading again, uh, both for fun and both for knowledge at the same time, um, and, and writing. Um, it just in my, I, when I packed up my laptop, um, I have a small little notebook that I, that I have that I've been jotting stuff down for the last few days. And it may seem trivial, but it's something I haven't done in a long time. And I have goals for those things that I'm writing. Um, and, and now I have, now I have uh, a catalyst behind continuing on. And, and what I hope to see people do, and, and you know, people that listen to this, I hope that they see a little hope out of this whole thing and kind of just really internalize what we're saying about. And I know it's going to be tough. I know it's going to be tough to pay the bills. You know, there are lifestyles that people lead um, that can't afford to not make money. You know what I mean? Not everybody lives um, a, a lifestyle like you and I do. You know, I don't have a car payment. Um, my house is, is you know, baseline for the lifestyle that I live. Uh, um, so I don't have to worry about my mortgage being made. Um, I have no debt. The gym has no debt. Um, you know, I still have to pay rent uh, and utilities and all those things, but I can make do. Um, I can make do with what I'm doing. Um, and and I can, like, as long as I'm fed and I have a roof over my head, I'm, I'm okay. Um, so everything else is progression for me at this point. Like, uh, learning to 
to love myself again and the things that I feel like I'm good at and the things that I am passionate about um, and, and, and starting to um, practice those things again. Um, it, it, it sounds ridiculous. Like I know like saying that sound, oh, I'm going to pick up this hobby or whatever. It's not, even, it's not even something like that. It's just taking the time to settle down, mm-hmm. to really slow down, and, and using this time, because this is something that isn't just, like you said, it's all of us together. It's not forced on one person. We all have to deal with this. So instead of panicking and um, destroying one another, destroying society, is looking at the things, like you said, that you can control and, and looking at ways that you can be better, mm-hmm. like you individually, uh, you know, and that'll parlay itself onto your family, on your friends, on the other people around you, um, like Joe Sullivan said in his little post, he's like, be better. And then when you think you've done that enough, be better some more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's going to be uh, the only way that we get through this. Um, you know, the flu itself, like I said, it's, it's something that I'm not really terrified about. And I know a lot of people will be upset about that, but I, I don't really get afraid of too many things anyway. Yeah. Um, I look at the bleaker side of what society will do to one another. Uh, and so I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping that there are more people that are, have the same um, mindset as we do. Uh, and if not being able to like use platforms like this to, to push that out there, you know, um, we're not quite to I am legend status or <laughs> the walking dead or yeah. anything like that. But I mean, it feels like we're getting there uh, yeah. on a much smaller scale, but it's, it sounds stupid to say, but you know, I drove out here this morning and I passed two cars, uh, when normally, you know, I'm hitting stoplights and lines of traffic and people going to work in the morning. Uh, that's not the case right now. Um, you go to the grocery store and all of your essential aisles are barren, you know, um, it's, 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 I've, I've never experienced this. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm almost 36 years old and I've, you know, you can say you've never experienced something small. This is something large that I've literally never experienced. Um, and like I said, I don't believe the worst is over yet. Um, we're just now starting to be able to, to test a little bit more accurately and now more cases are coming out. Um, so I think that's going to speed up, um, the pandemic side of it, I guess, a little bit more. So we need to be prepared um, for people to tell us less things that we're able to do and, and, and be able to progress as human beings. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it, you know, it goes back to the, the first level, which is you and what you're doing to take care of yourself. Cause ultimately the best way to not only protect yourself, but to protect everyone else around you is to optimize your body, optimize your mind, optimize your health. So again, taking this time and maybe taking a look at your diet or, you know, how you're managing yourself. Cause it is again, when we are so caught up in, in the rat race, it's easy to, you know, miss out on sleep or take, easy, convenient options as far as what we're putting in to fuel our bodies and all of these things, you know, even, even the fear that is so prevalent that kind of exacerbates these things, all of these things compromise the immune system. Basically, any stress that you give to your body, whether it is the fear or poor quality nutrition or lack of sleep or uh, not getting along with your significant other or your kids, um, any of these can be a source of stress. And any source of stress, especially when it's being perpetuated, can compromise the immune system. It's a comparable host for a virus. Yes. Just, yeah. It's, it's like I said, um, I think we're to the point now um, because we we all of the things that are being that we're being told that we can't do or what we can do um, are out of our control. So we need to, you said this a million times, but I'm just reiterating, we need to control what we're able to control. Yeah. And um, I, that's you controlling you, me controlling me, and then letting that ripple itself out to you know, each individual human being that we're able to come in contact with. Yeah. You know, and maybe through all of this, you find a deeper purpose in your life and you find 
meaning, even if that is like because you have this extra time and you decide to to pick up the guitar, you decide to start writing like those may seem like frivolous activities, but until you really you know take the time to sit down and figure out what it is that you want like what what's your the dream for yourself what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind for yourself and your family and society as a whole you know until you get clear on what those things are you'd really you know we're we're just kind of coasting through life and following the the well-trodden path you know um but again, maybe through this time, you figure out what that thing is or what those things are that give you the most purpose. And then you maybe realize that pursuing those things, you don't have to continue to work this job just to make this money to, to buy things that you thought were going to give you that sense of happiness. But it could be something as simple as, you know, writing a song or even just spending more time with your children and like just being a, a, the best father or mother that you can be. Like maybe you find that that's where you feel the biggest sense of purpose in your life. And so when we can kind of make it through that, you can carry that on knowing that, okay, obviously, yes, we, you know, we need to make a certain amount of money to provide for ourselves and for our family. But knowing what it is that ultimately gives you that sense of meaning and purpose. You don't have to kill yourself to, to try to make this living of this idea of what you think will bring you that because you, you know now. And you, you should see that in your family and loved ones with the extra time that you're spending with them that they could care less about you having a new car every three years. The fact that you're spending this extra time with them it's it's going to be, um, I think, an eye-opening and a, uh, just I, I think it'll be something, like you said, I, one, that's one of the best points you made is just, like, it, do you really need to be doing all of these other things that fill voids in your life that have no uh, bearing on your soul or your, uh, your you know, emotional um, gratitude towards the rest of your life. And I am, I'm hoping that people see that. I'm hoping that people see that working 15 to 16 hours and only seeing your kid for 30 minutes a day or your spouse or even your friends uh, yeah. spending the extra time to, you know, let go over to a buddy's house and watch a basketball game or something. Well, obviously not, not that because <laughs> it's a sporting events, but, well. you know, I mean? <laughs> but anything like that um, ends up being more rewarding and self-filling than, um, you clocking in and out or having a salary job, making this money that really um, does nothing for your purpose or your soul or um, the reason, you know, you walk every day, get up out of bed. Um, I'm hoping more people see that um, and can really, w what scares me the most is once this thing calms down is reverting. Um, mm -hmm. Anytime, it's just, you think about like, when you were a kid and you have, you know, Christmas break or spring break and how much fun that is and you do all these things. And then that Monday when you come back, it's almost as if you've forgotten how those last three weeks were, or how those last two weeks were and how much more fun and soul filled those were as a, as a child. And then you have to go back to school that Monday and everything goes back to normal and you're reverting back. I don't want that to happen to, to everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's, as bleak as it sounds, like inevitably the majority you know, we're, we're just going to go back to doing the same things because that's so ingrained within our society. But I think the important thing is that the seed is there. Like the seed has been planted. We, we know what's possible. Even if it takes us another 30 or 50 or a thousand years to, you know, allow that seed to, to manifest and grow, into you know this time that we're having now and being able to kind of to replicate the the activities and the mindset and things of that nature but either way at least we know what the possibilities are on the on the positive side of this and I, and I think just I guess one more point is what we're talking about as far as jobs and stuff like even pertains to the gym you know it, it's a it's a touchy situation because especially here at East Race Muscle, like a lot of people come here 
because this is their their home. This is their safe place. This is their place where it's you know it's not even so much about putting more weight on the bar and getting stronger, but this is the place that they have. And you know we've done a whole podcast about this. Um, this is the place they have to you know be themselves and release from the you know the struggles they may be facing on the on the outside. Um, but even still, you, you realize that just like anything exercise and working out can become an addiction. It can become a distraction that takes you away from the things that you really need to be focusing on. And like, I, I'm guilty of this. This is something that I struggle with because, you know, I kind of make my livelihood of being an athlete. And so I, I tend to put training and that identification I have with being an athlete over many things. And so again, like taking, like having this time to establish more balance with that and, you know, seeing the possibilities of like, okay, maybe I don't need to be at the gym five, six days a week to get the results I want to get, especially if you're taking this time to look at maybe the gaps that might be there in your nutrition, in your sleep, and all the things that are going to maximize the recovery that you're going to get from the time spent in the gym how what are other ways i can become stronger in this time yeah exactly yeah i agree uh and you see it even with like athletes that have been preparing all these big meets like the current being Mm -hmm. postponed and stuff like that i haven't seen a lot of like you know overreaction or negative thought to these athletes that were peaking over the last couple weeks for these meets it's like there's going to be another meet yeah (laughs) You know, at the end of the day, I know you worked hard towards this. Now work hard towards the next one and give your body time to rest and figure out ways to make yourself better once it comes time to start training for the next one, you know. And, yeah, just self-reflection uh, overall. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of – that's really what I wanted to talk about. And that's why I want to talk to you about it because you see it in such a, a different spiritual way. And I feel like it conveys through the way I like want to say things. And it happens more when we like talk together like this. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, it's, I've grown so much in the last couple of years just from having these conversations with you. And um, you know, I sat here yesterday and I was in the gym for like six hours. And after you had left, there was no one here and not one other person walked in the entire time was I was here and I kind of just looked around and I even cried a little bit and I was just like, you know, to have to tell people that they can't come to the place that they, this isn't a commercial gym, you know, yeah. to come to the place where they go to relieve all of the other pains of life, you know, just for that short hour and a half or two hours uh, was really, really tough for me. Um, and to even be able to like still sit on that bench myself and know that I'm still going to be here regardless. You know what I mean? Like I'm still going to be here when I'm telling you that you can't, mm-hmm. uh, that was really tough for me. Um, it, it was, it was pretty emotional. Uh, and so, um, I know we'll get through this as a society, as a community, um, as a country, as you know, uh, the world as a whole. I mean, it's the other thing is this isn't something that's isolated to the United States. I yeah. think a lot of people forget that yeah. just because we're so, you know, we're so pompous and everybody focuses on us more than other, other places. Um, but I think we'll get through, I think we'll get through this. And I think the, the isolation and the time away from the things that distract us will ultimately build us uh, to be stronger versions of ourselves and some people won't realize that, uh, you know, the majority of people don't think this way or will listen to this podcast or anything like that. But I think um, subconsciously they'll realize with the things that they're having to soak in while this is all going on when they can't be dedicated to a job or um, a career path or even school, with like college, like yeah. people that have, you know, seven years or eight years into college, now all of your classes are canceled. Just these things, like we said, the busy that have made us busy and distracted and, and um, the rat race of life. I think overall, um, I think this is going to, this isn't a disaster like an isolated incident like 9-11 where the community banded together, the, the country banded together over just this gigantic catastrophe. This is something that is, is, is somewhat contained and is built on um, 
the political side of, you know, telling us what we can and can't do. Not because if you go out and touch a door handle, you're going to die. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I think this will have a different effect. Um, It's something that will hold on for a long, long time. I'm hoping it doesn't happen again. Um, I know that's a lot of fear, too, is a lot of people are like, well, if this is happening with this, this, you know, virus, um, what happens when the next one, hopefully we're better prepared. Um, but I, I think this will be something 20 years from now or 30 years from now that will be remembered. It'll be remembered in the history books. I mean, I, I can't imagine it won't be. Yeah. Um, you think about the smaller ones like, um, mad cow disease and, uh, what is that? H1N1 or yeah. whatever. And all those people still talk about those and it was nowhere near what we're dealing with right now. Um, so anyway, that being said, like I said, I hope that, um, this is a self-reflecting time for everyone, um, and that your cup spills over, um, to the people that, um, you're, you know, able to still be in contact with and family and friends and that we just keep checking on each other too. you know, make sure everybody's okay. You know, you don't, you have to remember your relationships, even though you're not seeing some of these people that you see day in and day out, um, and just uh, and just uh, focus on what you have control over. Yeah, no, and just the kind of overarching theme of this, which is you know kind of worth repeating again, is it all starts with you. Like, we're not going to be able to like overthrow the you know change. The, the government and change the mandates and everything happening outside of us. But if you can take control of the things you're responsible for, if you can change you and make yourself better, like Mike was saying, that's what's going to ripple out and that's what's going to touch other people's lives. Like even something like this podcast, even if two people listen to this, just the, the simple fact that you know, even Mike and I and other people are adopting, you know, a, a positive perspective about this. And we're taking control of the things that, that we can and making the best of this situation. Like that ripples out into another person and they that person might decide like, OK, I want to take this time and make some changes in my life. And again, that ripples to the next person. So, you know, not there's not really one of us that's going to make these big drastic changes in how society functions and how the world functions. But if we can do the things that we can to optimize ourselves, to strengthen ourselves, to actualize ourselves, that's what's going to ultimately have the biggest impact. And even looking at the disease as a whole, like I talked about, taking care of yourself is what's ultimately going to have the biggest impact on you know, they're, what do they call it? Flattening, flattening the curb yeah. and kind of, you know, getting ourselves over this hump. We can't sit around and feel sorry for ourselves and hope that somebody else is going to, to do something about it. But if we all handle what we can handle and do our part in this, even if that's just taking care of our bodies and our minds and the relationships that we have around us, that's what's going to have the biggest impact collectively in this whole thing but no i i appreciate you asking me to do this and like i love these conversations we're able to have and it's it's been nice having you around here yeah man more and more we were just and, talking about that yesterday yeah. two days ago yeah it's 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 been good it's a good uh and even having uh i i'd never met brandon before um you know taking this on full time and and having somebody another positive influence because he's just a, a great guy yeah. and having him around and uh, in the mornings and stuff like that and having my athletes be around him more. Like I see him more cheering on my athletes that train in the morning with me. So it's been, it's been a great experience. It makes me excited about where we go from here. You yeah. know, things are leveling out and I just remember how stressful it was at this place. And it's crazy that I'm losing money over these last few days because of everything going on. And I'm not as stressed out as I was maybe a year ago. So yeah. um, it's just practicing what I preach, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've, again, we've talked about this before, but the kind of the, the legacy behind all of this and like the, the foundation that 
you know, we and everybody that's a part of this have been able to create. Like it's, you know, like we've talked about before, like even if this place got completely shut down, like all of the people and the relationships and everything and everyone that's involved in this, like there's, it's not, it's too strong to be killed. Yeah. I agree, man. Well, that's all I got. Um, so I appreciate having you on with me again. I love you like crazy. Um, so I will leave it with, um, we, we said this over and over, we're all in this together. Um, so we need to act like we're in this together. Um, and uh, a quote from one of the greatest uh, cinema pieces of all time, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, be excellent to each other. Mm-hmm. So Sweet. I love you, man. Love you too, dude. Appreciate you. Thank you for everything. All right. Thanks, guys. Peace.